Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. nation it is week eight as you can see we have not got uh, lewis or pitsy here with us today on fast action friday but i am uh, happy to be joined by nathan mountain dream 92 uh, he is joining us uh nathan welcome to fast action friday tell us a little bit about yourself cheers uh, thanks rob um yeah thanks for having me um Look, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. First of all, South African lad, uh, been in London now for for a good, a good while, good eight years. But um, I found myself on the five yard rush, um, just watching, just sort of following through Twitter. Um, I reached out during uh, the off off season to see where I could hopefully add a little bit of value. And unfortunately, Rob, uh, Rob's been encouraging me to to write a bit more. I, I do a bit of a fantasy focus every week and and help out. But look, as uh, as I'm sure you you used to on this pod, we we all uh, football mad and it's uh yeah thanks for having me oh more than happy to have you here the fantasy focus uh article series is absolutely fantastic some of the things that you're coming out with you know i've been right on the money as well which is uh absolutely incredible to see when you know people are being called out called out by things you know it's good to have someone who's getting that consistency we're getting things spot on so you know all props to you and we've just got uh, messages from uh pitsy actually have fun boys 
He's uh, freezing himself watching his daughter at football practice. So, um, hello, Pitsy. I uh, hope you enjoy the show. Nathan has got, uh, got you in, in good hands here. So, we're going to start off with a Thursday night throwback. So, Thursday night was the Ravens heading to the books. They've had their fair share of fourth quarter drama. It was a close shave against the Browns last week. Um, it was no different this week. It was a close 27-22 to 22 win. It wasn't without that final frantic push, 22 points being scored in the fourth quarter by itself. And as usual, we will break it down. Nathan, you've got quarterbacks, so how did they get on this week? Yeah, it was uh, look. It was a good game for all. Obviously, uh, a late night for for us in the UK. So catching up uh, first thing this morning. But in terms of uh, the quarterback side, look, let's let's start straight with uh, with Lamar Jackson. Obviously, as his highest uh, fantasy fantasy score uh, since week four. I think it was uh, close to twenty two points, twenty one point eighty two points in the end. Um, a pretty decent completion rate for himself, sort of 27 uh, completed passes from his 38 attempts, uh, 238 yards for, for two touchdowns. Um, slightly quiet on the carrying side, I think, uh, for his usual standards. He, he, mm-hmm. he only sort of uh, went for 43 yards with, with his nine carries. But look, I think I think he coped well um, with losing some of the key offensive guys uh, through injury and uh, and to sort of stay ahead and maintain that sort of lead uh, in the second half uh, was, was pretty important. Important there. Um, on the on the Buck side with Brady, look, there was a little bounce back uh, from last week in terms of uh, his fantasy uh, points, which look I'm sure is the last thing uh, he'll be paying any attention to. But 171 uh, points were for his fantasy score. His completion rate was incredibly down, 26 uh, from his 44. Good yardage, 325 yards with one touchdown. Um, but look, red zone errors uh, kept them away from from a bigger score early on. Um, and garbage time throws sort of helped pad up some stats. But I, I, I think as a, as a whole, um, there must be some serious alarm bells there in, in, in Tampa. Um, the, the Ravens, uh, going back to sort of Lamar, sort of, again, had a had a gritty win, and I think it's good for them in the AFC North. But um, look, it's going to be, I think, the NFC South, and 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 Rob, you and I, I'm sure, will touch on it soon. Um, but it's 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 getting very messy. It's not it's not pretty. Um, but look, yeah, uh, Rob, what about sort of other offensive uh, bits that you did you pick up from from last night? So I think some of the biggest news that we've had uh, does look at Baltimore. You know, we had a lot of questionable players before the game. There was Mark Andrews, um, Rashad Bateman, Gus Edwards, all all questionable coming into the game. And the greatest news was that they started. But unfortunately, for various reasons, they, they faded out during the game. Some went out with injuries. Mark Andrews took a pretty uh, bad hit on the shoulder from the looks of things. It, it looked like the, the offense was going through him until the injury. Um, he got three receptions for 33 yards, 7.8 points before he left the game. Even worse for Rashad Bateman as well. You know, um, I think he got one uh, one target, no receptions, ended up with a, a bagel on that game. Gus Edwards, you know, also got injured and he walked off the field in his own power, 11 carries, 65 yards, 6.5 points. So in terms of the big players in that team, it didn't perform very well for um for fantasy rep purposes. And it was down to Isaiah Likely and Devin Duvernay to repay the faith shown uh, in early weeks. Uh, Isaiah Likely, six receptions on seven targets, I believe, for 77 yards and a touchdown. Duvernay with four receptions, two carries, 
a touchdown on the ground and 64 scrimmage yards. So um, the Ravens backups, more or less backups, second, second stringers came up with the goods there. On the book side of things, not a lot better. We know that Julio got a touchdown late on. Playoff Lenny showed some sparks with a rushing touchdown. He got 68 scrimmage yards off nine carries and three receptions. But it was Mike Evans, uh, biggest contributor. Hit him early, uh, often and early. Six receptions on 11 targets. Uh, there was a big 50-yard play later on in the game. But I think Brady's looking quite frustrated with the things that are going on. Maybe it's because he missed time in the offseason. You know, kind of missed a bit of a bit of gelling. But um, I think there's two teams that needed to find a bit of their feet on the ground uh, here. And one team came away slightly better than the other. Yeah, look, I think I think there's a lot of smoke and there's a lot of noise, obviously, in his personal life and coming back and sort of the issues that they're having. Maybe even maybe even questions around sort of the whole Arians moving outside of the coaching role and questioning sort of the head coach there in Tampa. Um, it yeah, it's it's not easy, but um, but if you look at the bigger picture, fortunately they they in, in the NFC South this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, in terms of sort of. Bouncing, uh, bouncing on the other side of the ball here um, from you, Rob, on the defensive side. Look, I thought both defences did reasonably well, um, but this was always going to be a game where both normally ha- have quite potent offences and score big points. But both offences seem to sort of shrivel for, for different reasons. I think there were a lot of errors, obviously a lot of injuries, mm-hmm. sort of players being forced to play and maybe perform um, not at 100%. Both teams, I think, on the defensive side of things, ended with three sacks, um, and the Ravens recorded a fumble. Um, the Bucks obviously had that incredible, uh, I think it was a field goal uh, block um, at the end of the first half, I think it yeah, was. Yeah. Um, but other than that, there were no, there were no stellar um, sort of standouts uh, on the defensive side of things. I think... Um, if anything, it was more sort of on the Tampa defensive side. I think Mike Edwards um, had about eight tackles, three assist, assist tackles. Mm-hmm. Devin White was kept busy, six tackles, four assisted tackles. So it was more Tampa doing the majority of of of, of sort of the defending uh, for long stages of the game. But look, I think at the end of the day, we all uh, we all fantasy players here. Yeah, we're looking on the offensive side, and, and it was essentially quite a disappointing evening with Ra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to agree. I, have to agree. Um, I think last week we were spoiled, weren't we, with, with some of the uh, fantasy uh, performances in Thursday Night Football. And that seems to have been a bit of an outlier compared to some of the, the previous weeks. And this week has reverted back to that as well. As, I, as you can see in the background here, I've got my, my Panthers jersey up, um, getting ready to go to the game on Sunday. And yourself, you are a Saints fan. So, uh, you know, as a, as a Saints fan, how did the... Uh, books result make you feel look it's 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 always very important for for the teams in your conference to lose games um it it keeps your hopes alive it gives you a chance but i'm not going to be that fan that is is sort Mm. of uh begging and hoping for the other teams in the conference to do badly it it is obviously incredibly advantageous to the saints but i'm sitting here as a fan of a two and five team um when this the Saints are in very uncharted territories compared to the last five, six years. New head coach, lots of injuries, quarterback questions. It's not a pretty or, or comfortable position to be in. Um, I think the Saints really have to focus on themselves. They really need to find a way of of winning games. And I think this 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 big 
um, pre-season hype around the defense, defense getting obviously uh, the Honey Badger in and sort of a few guys coming back um, from fitness on, on the defensive side of things. There was a real sort of almost optimism of how this defense was going to carry the quarterback issues. But we've got to a situation now where we we one of the defenses that give up the biggest plays um, and, and, and that's a real question mark with the Saints going forward. From a fantasy point of view, we still haven't seen the best of Kamara um, yet this season. Obviously, Thomas's injury has been very frustrating. Alave is, is, is the one silver lining in the Saints season so far. And I, I'm so glad in hindsight that this first round pick, wherever it will end up being, uh, was a lot to pay for Alave or in that trade for him. But essentially, it's good to have him on our side. But going back to the original question, Rob, sorry, um, is... It's good to see the other teams in the NFC South lose, but I think the Saints really need to just start winning games. And and the Raiders are, are, are a struggling team this weekend, so it's going to be a very interesting scrap there because both sides had had higher aspirations at the start of the season, so it could go either way. And with their explosive players now, with Devontae Adams, I'm I'm not as confident as I was this time last year. How about your side? Your side with the Panthers, Rob? Uh, what are you guys holding on to there? Well, this is the the rebuild. I feel like the the two our two teams are probably in different stages of a rebuild at the moment. We've just realised that we need to rebuild, and uh, you know, losing some big pieces, you know, in the last few weeks, that's going to be it's going to be tough. But I, I did say last week that losing CMC, um, the player that we you know we run the the offense through, you know, we're actually going to have to think outside the box now. You know, we're going to have to come up with some plays that don't just involve passing CMC the ball thirty times a game. It's gonna there's going to have to be some different kind of um, motivation there to get to get uh, get results. And you know, the Tampa the Tampa game last week, another Tampa game, you know, that could be the perfect springboard. We'll just have to see see how it goes. In our chats, we've got uh, Storm, who is also a South African as well, saying Brady crying is good for all of us, and uh, I think I think we can all agree. <laughs> Harsh, but probably true. <laughs> yeah. um, so we're going to move on to uh, injury report. So a, a quick recap of Thursday night injuries, and we have covered some of these uh, these injuries already in the previous segment. Mark Andrews, Gus Edwards, and Rashad Bateman left at the game at various points uh, which was a big offensive hit you covered that as well the rest of the players saw them through the good news is the Ravens bye week is coming up in week 10 uh, so they have one more game left I believe that's against the Saints I think that's against your guys next week so they can uh, arrest them until after the bye and push for the playoffs after that um, but in, around the rest of the league we have got some quarterbacks to look at yeah, um, sort of looking at some of uh, the quarterback updates over the week, um, going into sort of uh, the week eight matchups. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has has an ankle uh, niggle or ankle injury. Um, he didn't practice on Wednesday, um, but it sounded like he progressed into sort of limited practice uh, on Thursday. Uh, and he's in line to sort of, uh, he, he should start on Sunday against Houston, which uh, should be um, a, a good matchup for him. Mm-hmm. So I think for all fantasy owners of Tannehill, they'll be desperate for him to, to add some value because he has had quite a disappointing season. So this mm-hmm. is really a season he, or a matchup and a weekend he can't afford to miss for those those owners of Tannehill. However, Malik Willis obviously had his first uh, first team reps um, this week as well in training, so that could be one to watch. And for mm-hmm. all the hype of Malik Willis from the pre-draft to the absolute uh, dismay post-draft and where he fell to, I think, th- look, the, 
he will eventually become the starter there in in in, in Tennessee, you would imagine. Um, but I I think uh, I think Tannehill will will, will start and, and let's see how that progresses. Uh, Matt Ryan, he had a bit of a shoulder a niggle, and obviously there was a lot of commotion and and news around around sort of his position this week. Obviously, one of the biggest announcements was that he's going to be benched for the rest mm. of the season. Um, so this is obviously. Uh, quite a blow for a lot of Matt Ryan, uh, maybe ex-Falcon fans, maybe Colts fans who, who thought that he was going to the promised land to to Indy behind this offensive line to become this uh, possibly sort of almost Peyton Manning 2.0 type <laughs> calling, but that's obviously gone incredibly pear-shaped. So look, this is exciting for Sam Ehlinger. I'm if I'm honest, I'm not too sort of familiar with Sam. I didn't watch him much at college. Um, Rob, do you have any sort of uh, opinion on Sam as a player himself? Do you, is he sort of a bit of a dual threat on both sides or more sort of a pocket passer? He featured a lot in the preseason. And from what I recall, he did fairly well with what he was given. Um, there were quite a few runs. And I think some of some of the, the betting lines do have him down as, as quite a, a running threat as well. You know, they've got him fancied to score um, some rushing touchdowns. So it could be. Um, a far cry from what Matt Ryan's used to, uh, what we're used to seeing with Matt Ryan. I I was one of those people who, uh, you know, projected Matt Ryan to do great things after his move. Uh, it may well just be, you know, the, the, the ravages of time that have finally gotten to him. Yeah. And I think, look, with Sam Ehlinger under centre, I think there are going to be a, a lot of big question marks around Pittman, um, around sort of uh, some of the key offensive weapons that they have there. Um, but look, it, it's, a, it's, it's a new start under centre there in Indy. They've obviously, um, all you fantasy fans out there, I hope you've run to the wave wire and try to pick him up as quickly as, Oof, as possible. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure um, I'm sure it will be everyone will will have uh, many eyes on this game in in uh, uh, for Indy. Um, in terms of other injuries at the quarterback, Dak to a Mac Jones, so they all made returns uh, from last week uh, to practice this week. Uh, so don't look to be too many setbacks. And it looks like Russell Wilson uh, avoided any injuries on the plane uh, on the long flight over to London. So uh, he he uh, he should be gracing. Um, uh, London um, Wembley on, on on Sunday, which uh, should be interesting. Yes, that uh, that will be it. Will be good. I much prefer to see uh, Russ than uh, Mr. Yeah. Ripian uh, behind the line. But some of the memes that are coming out about Russ on the plane is incredible. So uh, check that out on Twitter if you if you can. Uh, on to running backs. Biggest news, and a lot of our um, shows have already covered this news. Brees Hall with a torn ACL. Um, biggest uh, devastation out of the week seven matches. You know, he was a rookie that was blowing up and now he's out for the season. Um, the Jets have tried to stem uh, stem the wound a little bit by bringing in James Robinson to compliment uh, Michael Carter. And I think there could be a bit more of a committee role here as well. I, I think with his pass catching side of things, I think Carter should see a little bit more, but we'll just have to see how this one pans out. So I'm not, not going to commit either way or the other. After that awful news, we have some good news and DeAndre Swift has fully practiced Wednesday and Thursday. So that careful approach from the Lions seems to have uh, done the trick. He's back for week eight. Week eight. Um, think something to be aware of with this, though, is that Jamal Williams did get some workload even before the injury came along as well. So I would not expect uh, Swift to get 100% of what he had previously. So, you know, temper your expectations. Just enjoy having him back. I think that's the, the big thing here. Um, Tuba Hubbard, he is out 
this week. He's been ruled out with his ankle injury. He started last week as part of the committee uh, with Dante Foreman, but it looks like Foreman will take the uh, the lead back role for this game at least against the Falcons. Um, we saw what Dante did last week. He he was a big surprise for a lot of people. Someone else who seems to have been ruled out as well. Zeke Elliott with an MCL sprain. Um, he did return to the game last week, but he did not practice uh, for Wednesday or Thursday. So this could be Pollard's season, I reckon so. And then James Conner, uh, limited practice Wednesday and Thursday. He was a game-time decision in week seven um, early on. Um, it's likely that he could return Sunday if there were no setbacks. Uh, Daryl Williams also limited practice on Wednesday. So this could be the end of, uh, of Eno Benjamin for, for now. We'll just have to see how these two pan out because the ribs and knee have kept these two players out for a while. Yeah, I think um, I think just th- this season has been one of the biggest advocates for 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 the whole concept of handcuffs and mm. picking up your running back handcuffs. I think they've had incredible value this year, um, and I think it's just something to bear in mind um, even for the remainder of the season. Look at your Alex Madisons. Look at your sort of other players. You never know what could happen around the corner there. Um, you, you, so it, it should be interesting. I think Pollard uh, should have a big game. And look, if 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 the Cardinals uh, get into a bit of a, a sling off with uh, with the Vikings, I think um, that we might see Benjamin maybe run out another week uh, just mm. to make sure that Connor's up to speed. But I think um, I think all the the Cardinals fans out there will want James Connor fit as soon as possible to to have sort of a one-two punch in both Benjamin and, and Connor. Um, on the receiver side now, uh, DK Metcalf obviously was caught, carted off last week. Um, he had, uh, I believe, a patella tendon sort of injury. Um, he won't need surgery, I believe, um, but there's not too much news on him yet. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday and looks uh, incredibly likely he'll he, he'll miss this week, possibly even a couple of weeks, but, but there's not too much news out on that yet. Uh, Mike Williams uh, apparently sustained a high ankle sprain um, and the charges sort of uh, we are, were just pretty unlucky. Obviously, Allen's missed quite, quite a few games now with his hamstring. Mike, Mike Williams has this ankle sprain. Um, Herbert needs, needs a few more pieces there. Gerald Everett's had a very good season. Uh, for those people at the start of the year um, that sort of took speculative picks on Gerald Everett because he was his ADP was really low and I think players like DeAndre Carter, Josh Palmer um, could could definitely see targets um, and then but it is I believe sorry I think it is the Chargers by this week it so, is yes so yeah so so hopefully um, there will be more news coming out for for later in week nine. Um, Armin Rodson Brown obviously had a concussion. Um, so um, there's sort of more good news though out of Detroit with with him sort of back. Uh, he's left sort of the protocol and he participated Wednesday on red jersey. Um, so hopefully uh, for the Detroit Lions fans that uh, uh, we get some Brown back on the field sooner rather than later. I think um, also in the 49ers, um, San Francisco, uh, Debo didn't practice on Wednesday and Thursday, uh, sort of hammy, sort of strain. These are sort of very niggly sort of ongoing injuries, sort of um, similar to, to to what I think uh, Keenan Allen's going through. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're just those injuries that they're very slow to heal and, and, it, and it is very detrimental to sort of on-field performance. Um, 
other sort of very quickly other wide receivers. I think Alan Lazard uh, is had a bit of a shoulder niggle, so he didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday um, last week. Um, look, Green Bay uh, will will be desperate. Uh, for, mm. for for targets there, Rogers obviously came out. Um, I think it was on the Pat McAfee show with with quite a few sort of uh, comments about sort of the, the players standing up and young players not being ready. So it'll be interesting to see um, who 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 puts their hand up, as mm. well as Corey Davis uh, for the Jets being ruled out. So who knows? Maybe Elijah Moore. This is his chance to to go get the trade that he wants, or or win win the respect of the Jets fans. Um, but regardless, mm. I think I think the Jets are in a good place and. And up against the Patriots, it's, it, it should be it should be a very interesting battle there. Uh, maybe a changing of the guards uh, in that AFC East. Um, but yeah, Rob, do, do any of those injuries sort of stand out to you, sort of for fantasy value or, or fantasy knocks or, or or elsewhere to sort of work on? So the Debo injury is, uh, like I said, it's a ham- the hamstring issue. It's been a, an injury that's plagued a lot of um, players leading up to games. So we saw Keenan, um, you know, he had an issue with his hamstring as well and they put him in for a little bit. And then we've had other times where players have gone in with a hamstring issue and then they've just not played at all or they've, you know, they've just, you know, just run routes and, and not really been uh, involved in any targets as well. So that and the CMC trade, I think is really going to hurt Samuel's value. I think it's what a play that we need to watch. And we know that he, um, he was vying for a trade at the start of the season as well. So there's, something in there that we need to monitor in terms of Samuel's uh, usage and it may be that he he pushes for a trade as well. Um, there are other players as well who are looking for trades too. Chase Claypool, Brandon Cooks, they've been mentioned as being uh, trade targets. So we could see um, either of those two maybe head to the Packers. So maybe they don't leave Lazard uh, in the future. Yeah, look, I, th- I think just quickly, Rob. Um, also, I think in, in the Giants will be, definitely be in the market possibly for for another receiver now that uh, now that uh, Tony's ended up uh, in Kansas. But as you say, it's 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 anything can happen on on trade deadline and when it's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up soon. Is it Tuesday? I think Tuesday's. The I believe so. I believe so. Ooh, exciting. Tight ends. Now, this is another prospect that people um, were really uh, liking the look of Daniel Bellinger. The Giants tight end, and, and this could be another reason why they're looking for in a replacement wide receiver. He may require surgery on a fractured eye socket in September last weekend. You know, he'd been a stream target for a lot of people, uh, a waiver wire favorite. It's hard to pinpoint a timeline when nothing else has been announced yet, but yeah, what a big loss to, to that offense. Dalton Schultz, he has returned again to the injury report. He uh, aggravated his knee problem last week against the Lions. It is worth noting that um, Dak has provided Schultz with the only two games where he's had double figure points this season. So with limited practices Wednesday, Thursday, should be good for Sunday, but um he could be one that you might have to take out at short notice. One player that is definitely ruled out, David Njoku, his high ankle sprain is probably going to keep him out for about four weeks. And that is a tough one as well because he has also been providing for that Browns offense. And then as we confirmed last week, Pat Frymouth, uh he had returned last week, which was great news for Pitsy. Uh, that unrelated concussion uh, is nothing to do with the reason he had limited practice on Wednesday this week. He should be playing against the Eagles, and Lewis decided that he's the only Steeler that he's comfortable playing uh, this week. So, uh, our third segment, we move on to weak points. Yeah, so sort of looking, let, let's focus sort of at the, on the quarterbacks uh, to start off here and sort of 
favorable matchups. Um, off the top, the, the Raiders have given up an incredible amount of points uh, this season to quarterbacks. Um, and Annie Dalton, obviously, having been um, announced as the starter, uh, should have a chance there. And I think both teams are coming uh, off, off very, very uh, upsetting sort of starts to the season, which we've already mentioned. Um, and I could see this game uh, becoming a, a real messy sort of similar to Thursday night football last week with the Cardinals and the Saints. The Saints defense has had lots of question marks here giving up big plays. So we could see um hopefully a high scoring game for the neutral. Um and as the Saints have had hopefully a high scoring game with with a favorable result for the Saints. But regardless, Andy Dalton is probably worth streaming. And maybe even if you're really out there and this is more sort of I'm sure on the tight end side, but Taysom Hill could easily throw uh, a cheeky little touchdown. That would be great for us all. Um <laughs> But also another uh, matchup is, I think, uh, PJ Walker uh, for the Panthers against the Falcons. The Falcons have given up a few uh, a few points there. And I think PJ Walker is keeping the job. Um, who knows? I think Sam Darnold's trying to come back from fitness. And I think Baker Mayfield are both eager to rush back to try uh, win this job here uh, in Carolina with sort of the new regime. Um, but I think um, I think the big uh, the big thing there is is to try uh, look at PJ Walker. Um, and again, another NFC uh, South sort of derby match crunch game there. The Falcons were sort of like their chances now, uh, having seen that the, seen the Bucks uh, lose on Thursday. So they would want to get one game ahead. So we could see the Falcons playing uh, a bit more attacking uh, football, which could open up the game a bit more. So I, I, I like uh, PJ Walker as a possible flex uh, for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the running back side of things, uh, Rob? So um, the team that's given up the most points to running backs are the Texans. They come up against King, Derrick Henry and the Titans. So I reckon we could expect a bumper workload. So in hindsight, maybe it doesn't matter if Tannehill is back just yet. If they want to take it easy with him and put Malik in, then that's something that they could do. Um, we've also got to remember Dontrell Hilliard behind Derrick Henry as well. It has been very well involved in the pass catching side of things. Although I have been surprised that Henry's had as much as many targets as he has in in the opening part of the season. He's, he does seem to be involved on that side of the ball too. Lions are up next. They are against the Dolphins. Someone to monitor Raheem Mostert. He has been limited in practice this week. So maybe there's a reduced role for him here and Chase Edmonds could see some more involvement. Um, they've got plenty of running backs to choose from uh, there as well. So we'll have to see uh, who gets the nod. Yeah, and then sort of onto the wide receivers. Um, I think further to sort of our PJ Walker sort of take, I think the Falcons have given up quite a considerable amount of points to to receivers this year. And the Panthers could be a team to to look at uh, for options, starting options. Um, in terms of sort of DJ Moore, he obviously had a good, uh, a good week last week. Um, and uh, maybe even possibilities for for sort of maybe some outside starters as well uh, on the Panthers' side of the ball. Um, with regards to the Steelers as well, the Steelers have been uh, very un-Steelers-like, unfortunately for Pitsy, and uh, they they've had a real uh, a real struggle keeping keeping uh, receivers uh, guarded uh, and covered um, throughout the season. So look, it's it's not getting any easier with the Eagles team off a bye. You've got AJ Brown and Devonte Smith. Arguably uh, uh, one of the strongest uh, wide receiver pairings in the league. Uh, Greg Ward uh, returns sort of uh, as another sort of outside target there. Um, 
But look, I, I think this is a good matchup for both AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. And you just sort of hope that they both can uh, be productive and not one uh, overly productive and the other less, less so. Um, another one to watch, and also uh, it could come down to sort of game uh, game script, is, is the Titans-Texans game. And I think uh, the Titans have been quite poor in their secondary um, this year. So they could well get to lead on the running side of things, uh, pounding the pounding the rock with, with Henry. So it could force Davis Mills to have to to, to, to air it out a bit. Um, and we all know Brandon Cooks uh, or Brandon Cooks has been sort of uh, heavily linked with trades this week. So it would be a good statement game to really go off uh, for him personally. So, yeah, I think uh, maybe some outside uh, options there. Chris Moore, Philip Dorsett, maybe even possible streamers uh, and starters this week on in, in, in deeper uh, leagues on, on sort of on the flex side. Um, but yeah, I think Texans receivers, Eagles receivers and Panthers receivers uh, are where the value is this week. I have to agree. I have to agree. Yeah, especially uh, some of those big names in there as well. You you, you wouldn't be uh, ever considering taking them out of lineups. Brown, you know, Moore, Brandon Cooks, those three big players. They 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 put big points. That one team could very much uh, have them in the lineup, and that would be you know a, a win guaranteed more or less. Uh, weakest against tight ends, and you know we've we've covered about um, Mr. Bellinger being out because the Giants are up against the Seahawks, who have been the weakest against tight ends. Their backups, Tanner Hudson and Chris Myrick, they're listed behind. You never know. It might not be too late for a trade to make to be made to take advantage of that. So if there's any Titans out there, Mike Kaziki, he, he could be one that moves to the Giants. There's still plenty of time, but would it be done in time for Sunday? Who knows? Uh, and then the Cardinals, they're up against the Vikings. So Irv Smith, he's seen a bit of a safe target floor in the last five games, at least four targets. So um he could be a, a favoured outlet here as well. And then finally, um, the third team that we're going to cover, the Raiders. They're up against the Saints. We saw what Juwan Johnson did last week. He's been limited in practice with the hamstring injury. So whether or not he's going to have the same impact as he did in week seven is another thing. Adam Trapman's out altogether. So Taysom Hill's a tight end, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Possibly, possibly. As I said, look, I think I think that the way the Saints are going, I think they have to they have to find a way of using Taysom Hill. I think that is when the Saints are at their most dangerous. And I think, um, especially with Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill, I think it's quite a nice sort of. Uh, it, it's very difficult to to set up a defense for for a player like Taysom Hill who can do many things, but at the same time, he's it's serious boom or bust play. Yeah, definitely. I think the only week I recommended him was the week that he did. He didn't boom. He boomed yeah. either side of that recommendation. So, <laughs> yeah. um, hey, spoilers: he won't be my flex of the week this week. Um, so we will move on to that segment now. Here is flex of the week. So, as our as our guest on on this show, you know, we uh, we talked about having a flex a flex each here. So, uh, Nathan, who is your flex of the week for this week? So, yeah, um, Rob, I, I was surprised that we didn't uh, overlap, sort of in, in our sort of pre notes. Although we had we were very much on the same wavelength, and uh, my flex of the week this week, um, it's a little bit down to sort of a game script. Uh, possible opportunities. Uh, I think Darius Slayton is one 
that I think um, if you have on your roster stashed deep somewhere, he's worth sneaking onto your flex. Um, I think um, over the last few weeks, he's started to see more targets. Um, he's had, I think, uh, so far this season, it has been an underwhelming stats if you do look at it with 11 receptions for only 166 yards. Um, but I do see him as quite a big uh, sort of safety valve a little bit for uh, Daniel Jones. And as Jones has been scrab- scrambling on the play action side of things, I think Slayton has found himself uh, and created uh, open playing for him. And especially with Bellinger down, who is the other safety valve, um, it, it will be, I think he will see um, more than five targets at least this game um, with possibility for some big plays. Um, and if he can get two, three sort of 20-yard plays. Uh, we're talking at a stat line here of, of of comfortably getting over 50 yards receiving and hopefully crossing crossing for a touchdown as well. So um, my flex of the week is is uh, Darius Slayton to, to break double-figure points this week. I like it very much. I think now we've seen a few players uh, drop out and um, the clarity of, the, of that wide receiver group coming a bit more into the fore, I think, yeah, Darius, there's a big role for Darius Slate in, in that group alongside Wandale. So, um, yeah, I very much enjoy that one as well. Um, and at risk of, you know, choosing the same one, I managed to decide on two. Thankfully, neither of them uh, overlapped with yours, but I'm going to choose just one of them. Um, Murph mentioned him in the um, the podcast earlier this week. Marquis Goodwin is my flex of the week this week. A big week last week after Metcalf left the game, and we are likely not to see Metcalf in this week's game as well. Um, his snaps have hovered around 50% even before the injury. So that should go up with um with the injury and with that means more opportunity so like like Slayton has there should be a bit of a flaw here with the targets he sees he's seen five targets in two of the last three games uh this is a tough game against the Giants as we've talked about it could it could go either way you know it could be a sling fest it could be a ground game um but both teams have lost key pieces uh in the match last week and that should bring other players up the up the depth chart into the mix uh, and Goodwin as we know he is experienced enough to handle a decent workload and um you know you, you can't turn down a player that does a backflip uh, in, in the final play of the game either yeah, no, I I agree. I think um, it was uh, it was quite a nice coincidence that we picked both uh, the same game essentially to pick our flexes for for the weekend. So I do think the Giants and the Seahawks, um, as it's been very publicly announced, it's the only uh, matchup this week with two winning record teams. Surprisingly, who would have said this twelve months ago, even six months ago? So look, I think um, credit to Brian Dable and what he's doing with the with the G men, and and I think uh, credit to Geno Smith and and how he's taken the reins in in Seattle as well so i i think i think we should expect a high scoring game there so with with the men that are down as you mentioned rob dk metcalf um and and in terms of look who knows what kenneth walker can be unleashed to do again this week as well um and saquon we've got two incredibly explosive running backs but i think um i think uh, these quarterbacks will have to sling it as well at some stage so i i, I like both the picks on on, on marquis goodwin and uh, and and slayton me too. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining me on, on this week's show, Nathan. It's been uh, an, an honour and a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for, for coming on. Whereabouts can we uh, can we find your work? 
yeah so so yeah it's it's pretty much the majority of it's done through uh through five yard with yourself i, I write that weekly article uh, which is usually published on a wednesday morning uh wednesday or thursday morning sort of uh british time um so it picks uh three or four of my favorite matchups that i want to sort of look at for the week um outside of that i'm just on uh on twitter at at mountain drew 92 obviously that's credit to to one of my heroes drew Brees. Um, and, um, otherwise I'm, I'm always, uh, always open, uh, the DMs are open for, for any sort of questions and, and, uh, and yeah, stay tuned to, to five yard as well. Fantastic. I certainly recommend, uh, getting on that, uh, fantasy focus, uh, article series. Uh, so thanks once again, as for the rest of you until then, let's go keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm gonna do this to protect myself. Do it for them, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.